You're listening to the Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 74 of the Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined this week by Chris. How have you been, Chris? Yeah, good. Thanks, Craig. Season's greetings to you. Absolutely. It's only I think it's exactly a week now to, till Christmas, which is it's creep crept up on us uh, quite quickly. You got all your presents bought yet, Chris? Absolutely not. <laughs> I've done quite well this year. Amazon's my friend this year. I, I no, bought okay. everything off there, and it and it all came within. I bought Prime for the uh, Premier League football. Yeah. So you I got like Friday delivery. Yeah. So it was all yeah. right. Uh, we'll go on to the first bit of this week's show then, and that's the news segment. Uh, the Birmingham City squad and staff enjoyed their annual Christmas party this past week at the Floodgate in Birmingham. The venue is best known for baseball, batting cages, curling and table golf. I'll be honest, I didn't know this place even existed, Chris, before, but it certainly looks like a lot of fun. Being 30, I don't get out very often anymore, so um, no, I wasn't aware of it either, but I think it's in the uh, in Digbeth, isn't it? So um, I know there's a there's a ghetto golf, I think, which is which is a I- indoor golf place, which is quite cool. So I think it's uh, along those lines. But it looked pretty good, actually. Yeah. So um, it looked like the girls had a good time. So I might, might might check it out at some point. Yeah, as Chris said, it's in Digbeth area. If you want to check it out, it's I think it's on the same road as Ghetto Golf, Chris. So it's quite, it, they're okay. all within that same sort of area. I think it's part of that restoration project for the custard factory area. That sort of yeah. In in recent years, to make Birmingham look cooler, and it's uh, certainly working because everyone wants to go there. I believe uh, they call it gentrification. Is that right? That, that's a fancy word for this time of night, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's right, Chris. Yes, you can have it. You can have it for free. Uh, we will also be recapping our game against Manchester United shortly, but, but but if you're wondering why it's only one game that we're going to be talking about, it's because they called off our league fixture with them due to a waterlogged pitch. This is the second time this season that we've had to postpone a game due to the weather. I might be wrong, Chris, but I can't recall this happening so frequently in previous seasons. No. Um, yeah, and obviously it's frustrating because you know, we we don't want to be we don't want to be too far behind, um, you know, on the games counter, and we don't want come the end of the season we've got like six games in a month because we're having to fit them all in. You know, obviously the Reading game was was postponed and rescheduled for very late on in the season, and if if this United game is is similar, then you know, obviously it's it's a long wait again. But um, considering, I think we go to United. Is it last day of the season we go I to think United so, away? Yeah. So you know, if if it's if it's towards the end of the season again, then you know you've got you've got them them coming up twice in in quick succession. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't think I buy into any conspiracy theory as such. Obviously, Solly or Moore's played at home on that Saturday. Um, the weather was pretty poor. You know, if the pitch gets cut off, you know, I think Liverpool had um, same issues, and I know Emma Hayes wasn't wasn't particularly happy again after her side failed to beat somebody, which is a shock. Um, but you know, I think she was having a having a moan about the pitch at Prenton Park. But the reality is, if you've got a pitch which is cut up 
after a game and the weather's bad after that, then it's it takes a while for the pitch to recover and it's difficult. Um, you know, the rain was pretty bad on on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and you know, you'd rather you'd rather the game be called off. I think you know, from my from my personal point of view, I'd rather the game be rescheduled than than forcefully played and and risk injury and and have a really poor game because the pitch isn't up to it. Yeah, safety is paramount in these situations. And um, it's probably a good thing, considering we said we had about four games in the space of 11 days. This has given the players a bit of a chance to uh, recover over the holidays. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll have, like, Kerry and Bree back by the time um, the the rescheduled fixture comes around. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, We've also got more debutante news as well, as both Ella Powell and Laura Brown made their first appearances for Birmingham City's senior side last week against Manchester United. Both of them came on as substitutes. We've said before the United game, Chris, that uh, we consider this game a free hit and we have 15 minutes remaining and the results beyond our reach. It was a good time to test the youngsters against a formidable side with no real consequences. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there was nothing to lose from from throwing them in, you know, giving them that that experience of, of playing in the first team against, like you say, a, you know, a big name in, in football. Um, so, yeah, I was... Obviously, I was at the men's uh, the men's game against QPR, so I didn't um, I didn't get to see any of the game, unfortunately, only the highlights. Um, but yeah, two one down with fifteen minutes to go. You're not going through. You can't you can't impact the the the, the group standing as such. So um, yeah, no qualms from me whatsoever um, about about giving the young girls a chance. Absolutely. And our final piece of news is the result of a little research that I've done over the course of the past few days. I scrolled through a lot of data to find out who was the youngest player, the oldest player, the youngest scorer and the oldest scorer in the Women's Super League history. Remarkably, our own Lily Simpkin is the joint youngest player in WSL history, along with Manchester United's Lauren James. Both were 16 years old and 30 days when they made their debuts for their clubs. Uh, Lauren James was at Arsenal at that point, and Lily Simpkin, of course, at Blues. It is testament to her ability, Chris, that she's been able to break through at such a young age. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously the, the the squad's not the biggest, but Lily has shown when she's played this season that she, you know, even last season's squad, you know, she, she could have been a more than more than capable right back in, in last season's squad as well. So um, credit to her. I think she'll only get better and better. I hope she only gets better and better. Um, you know, and, and like you say, for, for her to be, to be that young in, in the first-team squad um, with a regular first-team berth now is, is massive credit to her um, and massive credit to to the club's academy system for keeping on producing these very good players. Yeah, absolutely. No other Blues players holds the overall WSL records, but these following players certainly left their mark at Birmingham City. Emily Westwood currently holds the record for oldest player at 34 years old and oldest scorer for Birmingham City at 33 years old. And it was Coral Jade Haynes, who is Blues' youngest goalscorer at 17 years and 73 days. The WSL has run for almost a decade, Chris, and Coral and Emily's contributions to the Blues are very much part of that legacy. They are, yeah, and you know everybody who 
who has played for Blues has has left their mark, um, left their mark on the club in 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 different ways. Um, obviously, Emily Emily was with us from from the inception of the WSL, so um, you know a huge huge impact she had on on a lot of players' careers. People like Coral coming through the coming through the ranks and you know the the coaching that she was doing as well. Um, so yeah, you know her and and people like Keris have have had long-lasting impacts on on people at this club, um, and obviously Coral, who's who's still going, gone on to gone on to Spurs, and he's and he's trying to make a, a similar mark at Spurs now. Yeah, absolutely. As Chris mentions, Coral is now a player at Spurs. She, I remember her being a big fan of scoring in cup goals, Chris. Cup games. She was she was the one who would pop up and get a goal for us, but uh, during her time at Blues. And as for Emily Westwood, a former Blues captain, she is now retired from football and is now a personal trainer. For those interested in hearing about Emily's career, we did an interview special with her all the way back on episode 10 of the podcast. So look up that if you want to hear more. Uh, we'll now touch on the defeat to Manchester United. Next, it was a 3-1 defeat at Damson Park, and it was a defeat that meant we exited the Continental Cup at the group stages. We had a tough group, no doubt about it, but we finished in a respectable third place behind the two Manchester clubs. Two keeping errors from Alex Brooks led to the opening two goals. Game plans turned to go out the window when your opponents score in the opening minute. Lizzie Arnott, the beneficiary of that dropped catch, and then Jane Ross then followed in for the second after Brooks palmed the ball into her path. In fairness to her, I thought she might have had a little rust, having only played once this season up until this point. The real highlight, though, from a Blues perspective came next when Connie Schofield played an audacious chipped pass to Rachel Williams over the top of the United defence. Rach then headed it into the path of Abby Grant, who fired in her third goal in three matches. If this had been Chelsea or Man City, Chris, I think more people would have been talking about this goal. It was very it was very good. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the strength from Rachel um, to hold off uh, the, the, United, the two United defenders was... Was typical Rachel, um, and she's she's managed to knock it down into the path of Abby Grant, who um, is in that vein of form at the moment, which 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 seems to happen when you know for, for attacking players when when you've got that monkey off your back, if you like that you've got that first goal under your belt. Um, I remember a chance that she had, not too dissimilar to that away at Brighton. Um, you know, I think that was at one nil down, and she had a chance, and she just dragged her shot wide. This one, um, you know, she, she she took it and and never really looked like she was going to miss it. Um, she looked ultra confident and and stuck it away beautifully, and and that's what confidence does for you. It makes you makes you look like you're never going to miss. Um, and and as you say, that that got us back in the game at that stage. Yeah, it certainly did, but. We couldn't find another way through and Ella Toon fired in a lovely shot from just inside the area late on to make it 3-1 at the final whistle. On to brighter times now as we look back at the decade as we reach the end of 2019. Birmingham City made four cup finals since 2010, including our first major trophy win when we lifted the FA Cup in 2012 at Ashton Gate. That trophy victory was early in my time as a Blue supporter so I was watching the game on Sky Sports at the time, cheering them on, of course. Uh, how about you, Chris? Where were you at this point? I was in, in the stadium 
in a, a sun-drenched Ashton Gate. It was absolutely baking hot that day. Um, yeah, and we were we were on the side stand opposite the dugouts um, and closer to the to the goal where they weren't taking the penalties in the end. So we saw um, both Chelsea goals very uh, you know very clearly, um, and the, the the two Blues goals were at the other end of the pitch. Um, but yeah, and obviously the penalties were at the other end of the pitch as well. But yeah, that um, that moment where I think it's Bonner who misses the the important the the, the last penalty, and um, you know to realise that you've your side has just won an FA Cup. Um, you know, I think for me as well. Obviously, it was it was very early on in my interest in women's football as well, having having been introduced to it with the inception of the WSL. Um, but you know, whether it be men or women, to to see your side lift that lift that trophy, that FA Cup trophy, was a was an incredible moment. Yeah, certainly a host, uh, historic moment, and uh, one we thought would not be the last. Um, but it's proven to be at the moment, at least. We haven't reached another point to lift another trophy. Um, we also saw Birmingham City narrowly miss out on the WSL League title on two occasions. Blues lost just once in the 2011 season, but missed out on the title by three points to the winners, Arsenal. Then in 2014, we came within a goal of lifting the trophy as the WSL title race went down to a three-horse race on the final day. That was certainly um, an an, uh, eventful day, Chris. Uh, But obviously, I I think we spoke to uh, Dave Parker in in, uh, last year or the year before, and he said it wasn't down to that last game. It was other games where they dropped points where it cost them, but... When you when you come within a penalty penalty of winning the match and and it and it gets obviously doesn't go in it's it's tough to take and especially how close we came and Liverpool went from third to first on the final day. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, I remember on the day it was a lot a lot of Blues fans were were thinking it's us or Chelsea, um, you know, and and Chelsea go to Man City who weren't weren't really at it at that point. You know, they did. I think that was the, their first season in the in the WSL, um, and we expected Chelsea to win. So you know, we thought we thought just do your job and hope for the best with with Chelsea. Um, I think I think Chelsea were two 0 down after about half hour. I think, um, you know, and but at this point we're two 0 down as well, and it's just such a Blues, <laughs> so typical of Blues that you know it, it, it ends that way. Um, I think that, obviously David was right. I, I think we we drew both games with a really poor Everton side that season. I think I think Everton might have finished bottom that season when there was no relegation. I think again I might be wrong, um, but yeah. Or, or, so if you'd have won one of those games, it would have been it would have been irrelevant. A draw would have would have been enough for us on that last day. But on that last day, we get it back to two two. I think it was I think it was Kerry Acopolis, um who got us back to two two, um, and I remember Kirsty Linnett hitting the post with five minutes to go, and you just think just one kept thinking just one more chance just one more chance, um, and unfortunately it wouldn't fall and, and Liverpool had beaten Bristol comfortably I think and and they uh, they they won it out on the on that day but um, yeah desperately. Desperately disappointing. I think that's the one. That's the one day really that 
that and the FA Cup final at Wembley. I think that those are the two days that you'd love to have back. Yeah, absolutely. You touch on that FA Cup final a couple of years ago now um, that Charlie Welling scored at Wembley for us. That was a great moment for her and that was probably the, the highlight of that day when we got uh, shown up by Man City, I guess, at Wembley. It was another tough one to take and it's our, the last, I think it's the last cup final we'll be in too so far, Chris. In, in, I, don't, I can't remember one since uh, then. Yeah, it must have been. I think the Continental Cup was before, the two Conti Cups were before that. Yeah, one, I think right? so, yeah. The one at City was before the FA Cup final, I think, so yeah. Yeah. Champions League football, let's not forget about that. Making the Champions League semi-finals, little old Birmingham City. What a ride it's been. Uh, Chris, try to sum up this past decade for you as a Blues fan. <laughs> try to sum up a, try to sum up a week as a Blues fan is long enough. <laughs> Never mind a decade. Um, yeah. It's been a hell of a ride. It, 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 you know, it has. It's been, it's been fantastic. And for the most part, for the vast majority of that time um, that I've followed this club home and away, the the principles and the core values of Birmingham City you know, have been have been right through this club. Um, you know the the players that have represented it, um, the people that have been in charge. Um, you know, I've I've really worked their socks off for the club for the badge. Um, you know the the supporters that have been there for the last ten years and even longer before that. Um, you know they've they've been they've been a credit to the club. Um, I think, like you say, it's been it's it's been a it's been a crazy ride. Um, as the song goes, there's been there's been the occasional joy and and plenty of sorrows. But do you know what those joys are are, are more than made up for it when when they come through because um, it means so much more as a club like a club like Blues than it does to anybody else. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Um, I'd probably change a couple of days for the world, but not a lot else. Yeah, it's certainly been an, an interesting nine or ten years for as a Blues fan. And we will finish our final podcast of 2019 with some questions from our awesome listeners. Thanks to everyone who's sent them in. The first one is, will we keep Lucy Staniforth or have we seen the last of her playing for us? Chris, do you want to start with that one? That's a good question. That is, um, I think that's that's really a big one, you know, for, for this January to answer. Um, I think is she out of contract this summer? Am I right? I think it. I think it's that? in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, you, you're effectively saying keep her for the rest of the season, um, in the hope that she can keep us up, that she can do her best for us, um, and accept that she'll go for free, or try and get something from out of a deal whether it's whether it's any sort of transfer fee or whether it's trying to get a a, a player to, to come the other way if, if if somebody wants to sign her but um ultimately i think i think you have to be realistic i think lucy staniforth is probably probably not going to be a blues player at the start of next season um so the you know the the club the board the manager have a decision to make do we do do you want to do you want to keep her and accept that she'll go in the summer or or try and do something that will benefit the club um, this 
this January. Um, I think obviously there's got to be there's got to be some a lot of transfer work done this January anyway. Um, but yeah, the standard fourth one is an interesting one. Personally, um, I would see I would see what 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 clubs were offering, um, and if the deal was right for Blues, then then possibly look at accepting. Um, but she's you know she's she's a standout player still in this division when she's on a, when she's on form when she's at her best. Um, so I'm sure she won't be short of admirers. Yeah, I would agree, and I would disagree in the idea that possibly letting her go because I think despite her contract running out in the summer, I don't think you can lose a player of that quality halfway through a season. Mm. She's been influential in a lot of goals for us this season, and if we leave her, let her go, then who's going to be there to play the balls to Abby Grant or to Rachel? We need you need that focal point in midfield. She's she's essentially playing in a free role at the moment for Blues, uh, someone who's creating things where she can and I can't see unless you had a player swap for Lucy in, in this window yeah. I don't think I don't think it's possible to let her go and get replace her with of that quality in the time we've got to get players in no I, I agree I agree you know she is if we play well then most likely Lucy Staniforce had a good game you know when we at Bristol she had a good game against at home to Liverpool she had a good game she put the crossing for Keris's goal and obviously got the second one herself. So, um, yeah, as I said, the the deal has to be right for Blues. Um, you know, and so I think you you really have to get that deal right, as you say, if it's a player coming the other way, a similar sort of similar sort of player who can who can have a key role in our in our team, then then maybe we can look at it. Um, but I, I would be I would be open to to offers from from people but fundamentally if it's not right for blues then then she has to stay because like you say she is she is that important in our team yeah absolutely next question is if we are permitted to sign any players during the winter transfer window where do you feel we need to strengthen and name two players that could do a job in those positions oh well center half um Straight away would be one. I think obviously Keris. Hope we hope Keris will be back sooner rather than later. Um, but we have we have showed how how short we are there. Uh, and maybe maybe a striker. Um, you know, just to take the pressure off Rachel to give it. You know, to enable us to 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 ease her back in rather than rather than you know rely on her being fit every week. Um, as an out-and-out striker, in terms of names, that's that's difficult because you don't know who's available. You know, you don't know you don't know what other WSL teams are are considering. It's the, the way Blues have gone this summer in the summer transfer window. We didn't really know a lot about um, the players that we were bringing in. Obviously, that we, we were looking at the American college system, and and that's not something I'm I'm massively au fait on. Um, someone, I mean, if you if you're if you're thinking along the lines of people who don't get regular games for the top teams in this division, Deanna Cooper maybe from Chelsea. Uh, I don't think she starts every week. Maybe if you offered her, you know, the, the chance to get her on loan for the rest of the season to to get to get her playing first team football again um, as a, as a centre half option, striker. Um, Obviously, it's difficult, isn't it? You've you've gone from Ellen White 
you know, the best in the division. Um, possibly Miedemar as well, but um, yeah, it's a difficult, it's a difficult one to name names, as I say, because you're not sure, you're not sure who is available um, and who will be, who will be happy to come. But I think those are the definitely centre half um, and possibly another out and out striker. I promise that Chris can't see my notes, but he's pretty much read most of the things I've said about this question. Ah, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I went for a centre-back and a striker as well. And I, I said that, uh, ba- well, basically, Harriet and Bex have done a great job, but you need someone who's natural in that position to go yes. alongside Keris. And yeah. as you said, in a similar vein, Rach needs help up the top because she can't do it all herself. And I Sorry. went... And Sorry that's, for your thunder. That's fine. It, it, it means we've been spending too much time together. I know, yeah. um, I, I went for I went for Diana Cooper on loan as well from Chelsea. I thought that that was a good choice because she's obviously a, a natural centre half and someone who's played I think one league game this season. Yeah, played in cup games. She, 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 I, I think she was getting regular games for Chelsea, but then got injured. Yeah, um, and obviously you know they've brought in a wealth of talent um, in that defensive line. So um, I just think you know that w- that would be. That would be a move that would help both all parties involved, really. It'd help Blues, obviously, with, with another body at centre-half, a more natural centre-back. It'd help Chelsea get Deanna Cooper back playing regular football. And obviously, it'd help Cooper, um, you know, in terms of getting back onto the field and, and getting match fit again. Absolutely. I think she's played about five or six cup games this season, but only one league game. And yeah, it's an interesting one because I was looking at when her contract ends and I think it ends in the summer. So it's if she goes on loan till the end of the season, sometimes they do that with um, we did that like with uh, Coral. And I think and Chloe, Chloe at the time, Chloe, yeah, Chloe, yeah, so yeah, it might be a, might be an option where you see how they do. And then if she does well at Chelsea, uh, Birmingham, she might get another deal with Chelsea. So it, as you say, Chris, it could be a win win situation with Cooper. Yeah. Uh, second one I came up with originally I was being cheeky and I was going to say Frank Kirby because she hasn't played much <laughs> and she needs game time but I won't say that I'm going to I'm going to pick a Man City player who I, who quite impressed me when we played them in one of the recent games uh, Lee Gu Min she looked okay. she looked fairly decent and someone who I think she's only played uh, like three or four league games this season yeah. so maybe on a loan as an option yeah. um, another one I thought of was uh, Lauren Bruton she hasn't played a game this season i'm confused why is she injured i'm not sure um they've got they've got a couple of icelandic players are they i think yeah um was it i Eich- eichland one of them, yeah. who yeah. scored at the weekend i think i don't know whether they've jumped ahead of of bruton in in the pecking order or or whether lauren is injured i'm not i'm not 100 sure on that one um how many games is leanne uh, is it Kiernan at West Ham? How many games is she playing? Uh, good question, Chris. Um, because you know she she's also someone who who looks lively whenever she plays. She's you know she's got a bit about it. She looks like she you know she's got a lot of energy and and would be willing to willing to run the channels, which which you know is is the job that we sometimes miss when Rachel's not not available. But yeah, I don't know, um, I don't know what her availability would be, but. No, she's she a good name to say because obviously she played well in that. She she kind of turned the game a bit when she in the FA Cup final when she came on. She's someone who's very quick. She played yes. really well against uh, Villa when they beat them uh, yeah. on the on the on that same FA Cup run. Uh, she's played five well, that, games this season. Do for me. That'll, yeah. do, that'll do for me. She's yeah. Leanne's she's played, played well five, 
five league games, one goal so far this season. She played 15 games last season, so she okay. might be on target, same sort of target. So maybe she's not yeah. played as much, but she's playing enough to not yeah. really want to move away. La- Lauren Bruton's the one I'm confused by. I don't, she, mm. I'm assuming she's injured because she hasn't played one game this season. Mm. And from going, I think she played most games last season. It's she was weird. a big part of their team last yeah. year, wasn't she? Yeah. Didn't it, it'd be an interesting. Falling out. Yeah, possibly. It might be. It might, she she obviously knows how it's got from her time at Reading, so maybe maybe yeah. maybe get get a word in. Yeah. Um, the final question before we head off then: Will it come down to the final two games, Reading at home and Manchester United away, to stave off relegation? No. Simple as that. That's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I I put. I would hope we're safe by then. Chris Chris yeah, Small. I I, I, think, I think. Yeah, I think. Obviously. You know, Liverpool and I think Liverpool and Bristol are both on three now, aren't they? And Brighton on four. Is that right? I'm that right. I think I think those three are still below us. Um, you know, and obviously we've got we've got Brighton to play at home. Um, Brighton are on six. Brighton are on six. So well, they are behind us. Okay, yeah. yeah, they're still behind us. Yeah. Um, we need to we need to write that wrong against Brighton. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely, game, absolutely. I've seen them um, since then, and they've not raised the level that they showed that day. But then yeah. we went we went at a level that we deserved anything from that game anyway. So, yeah. No, of course. But you know, I, I look at I look at games. You know, if we'd have played West Ham away when we played Bristol, you know, I think we'd have beaten them. If we'd have played if if we'd have played the way we did at Bristol. In the home game against Everton, I think we'd have won that. In the away game against West Ham, I think we'd have won that. Uh, in the away game against Brighton, I think we'd have won that. Um, so, there, you know, there are there are teams that we can beat in this division. You know, we've got West Ham to come to our our place. We've got Brighton to come to our place. Um, obviously, Bristol to come to our place. So there's, you know, there's. I think there's enough points we can pick up. Obviously, January is a big month for for everybody. I'm sure you know we'll be looking to do deals, and I'm sure Liverpool, Bristol, and Brighton will also be doing to do the same thing because you know we're all in the same boat. Nobody wants to get relegated from the division this season with with the um, the, the added sponsorship money coming in next season. So, um, I, yeah, I think I think we'll be okay by. Before those games, um, that's the optimism in me, which doesn't come out very often. So enjoy it. <laughs> I think that's the best way to end this end this year. Chris, Chris on a high note. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all, and uh, enjoy the holidays, everybody. Uh, if you like to get in touch with us at Great Since Sixty Eight on Twitter, you can share us whatever your opinions are on this week's episode and if you've enjoyed this week's show then share it with your friends and that was the great since 68 podcast to listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones go to itunes google podcasts spotify or any other podcast platform you may use and search for great since 68 and subscribe today thanks for listening and remember keep right on